and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast brought to you by the Adventure Archive. My name is Ryan. And I'm the Three of Swords. And with us tonight, we have a couple of very special guests from the wonderful online shop, Nave of Cups. We have Jin and Aya with us. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey. Hello. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, again, and I say this every time, it's not like we haven't been talking for 30 minutes already. <laughs> so it's great to know you guys are okay. Um, so yes, yeah, we, re- just... we remain okay. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. Um, so I think right off the top, I think the question I've always had, and I don't think... It was in your press kit. Maybe it was, and I don't remember. Um, why Nave of Cups? Oh, I think uh, I don't remember exactly how we picked that card, but it was some kind of combination of uh, we just love the little guy on it. Uh, and then also SEO Googling frantically to see how many people uh, we were going to interact with there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's that fish in a cup that we just couldn't get over. Why does that little dude uh, have a fish in a cup? Are they talking to the fish in the cup? What's going on there? Um, and then, yeah, like, especially like, like I was the person that didn't yeah. know anything about tarot coming into this, so this was like proposed, and then I'm looking up like meaning. And it says like the fish is, you know, symbol, uh, symbolism of uh, unconscious inspiration. Um, the fish is actually kind of supposed to be whispering to the person. Uh, we all know how good fish are at whispering. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, no, this makes perfect sense. I like this. This. Yeah, I think really finding out that the page is supposed to be talking to the fish. We we're like, all right, there's something going on there. That, that <laughs> there we <fish>. go. <laughs> There we go. And I guess the question I should have really asked first or 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 said anything is talk like what is Nave of Cups? Like yeah, what is yeah. what do you guys do? Do you, do you want me to take that, Jen, or do you want to go? Sure, go for it. Okay. So uh Nave of Cups, uh, we're a online tabletop boutique focused on inclusion and diversity. Uh, but really what that means is like we wanted to make a online store that was kind of like you know, you go into lots of physical game stores and there's like one shelf of like all the indie stuff. And like, maybe it's a really good shelf, but it's just like the little box. Uh, and we wanted to make one that was like all that and focused on that and focused on like some of the more esoteric and um, unique offerings in like tabletop playing, like bringing in things like luxury playing cards and tarot cards. And, you know, we'd love to get into handmade dice and stuff like that. There's just a lot of bespoke artisanal energy in this scene. So we wanted to make something that was sort of like a weird magic adventure shops for all of that stuff, you know? Yeah, that's definitely something that I noticed. I come from like the boutique gift shop world and like learning more about all of this stuff. I thought this is exactly the kind of thing that should be like showcased the way that all these goofy little things that I have sold for the last decade were showcased. These like handmade greeting cards and $80 staplers and ladles that are shaped like the Loch Ness Monster. Like these have the same kind of like amazing artistic vibes. And I think that they deserve to be showcased that way. Yeah, that's maybe another way of looking at it is that we are a tabletop game store that approaches things like a gift store, uh, where where it's kind of not necessarily like a niche hobby. These are the things you need, get in and get out, but more kind of like, look at all of this wonderful, weird stuff we've collected for you, you know? I think you're muted, buddy. (laughs) I'm not muted. What are you talking about? (laughs) You're just talking really quietly. Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, you guys have a really 
cool and yeah, like kind of esoteric collection. Um, I've noticed there's like a lot of solo journaling like mm-hmm. games. Uh, is that like a big focus for y'all? Is that like a thing you're very inspired in doing? And I know I feel like we're going to get around to uh, asking about um, welcome to habit trails here in a second, but. Oh yeah. Well, um, that's one thing is like when we were starting, cause, cause Jen, um, this, the store kind of started out of a, a weird conversation Jen and I had on Twitter, <laughs> but like both Jen and I had sort of, touched onto tabletop role-playing as a hobby like when we were younger and like bounced off you know and we talked about like why that is and like how that's related to like how the dragon game is structured etc but like for me personally like solo role-playing is like a way i got back in yeah Um, it's like something that i didn't really you know putting together a campaign etc you know learning to be the gm for my friends it never clicked for me it never worked I played lots of GMless games. I could get those together for friends and I really like those. But finding out about the kind of explosion of solo role playing that has happened over the pandemic, et cetera, um, I was like, okay, I think there's, I think other people would get really excited about this too. I think that there should be stores that are like targeting this because I think there's a lot of people that would do this that maybe never are going to play Dragon Game ever. Yeah, absolutely. And they were right because yeah. it worked on me. I was the first person. That was the person. Yeah, that's uh, true. Like solo gaming is like how Jen has like got into this, you know, uh, and, and Jen, I think has played more solo games than I have at this point. I Man, what's your favorite learned, one so far? Yeah, I've learned that I don't like it when people watch me imagine. I, it's, I'm i neurotic, and I think that that's awkward for me. And solo games definitely like give me that space to just kind of like do my goofy little wish fulfillment alone in my home office with my cat and a soundtrack. Very cool. So far, like, so Jen, if, you've, if you're like a big solo game uh, concert, like what, what are some of your like favorites? So my two personal favorites, uh, one of the first ones that I played kind of starting out was Lay on Hands. Okay. Um, well, kind of got, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got it in the stores still, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, uh, I think a lot of it was this sort of open-ended magic apocalypse vibe um, that allowed me to kind of like mush together some of like the shows and things that I kind of secretly liked and would like to kind of engage with differently, but like do that thing where you just like read fan fiction quietly by yourself. And the idea that like, I could, I'm basically being like guided to write my own story. And like, that's what this gives me is this like framework to be able to do that and make a character and create like the world, the way that I kind of want to just by myself um, was really, really cool. And now I am, playing it for the second time so yeah yeah uh (laughs) but um and then my second favorite of course uh not of course i guess but honestly genuinely is welcome to the habit trails which is ao's uh latest release um it is a tarot based game and the general concept that really got me was just this sort of sci-fi fantasy 
examination of feeling kind of trapped. It's got a very pandemic sort of flavor for me. And I found out like, wow, I have some like stuff to work out when it comes to like what that felt like in the beginning. I moved during the pandemic too. Like I moved across mm. state lines, had to find a new job. Um, yeah. Uh, don't recommend zero, zero out of 10 stars, one yeah, out of 10 stars sex. Sex during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and being able to play this in this context that I love, which is like things like under the dome and these kind of like creepy twilight zone vibe, you know, you wake up in a neighborhood, you don't remember how you got there. You've got a bunch of neighbors. You don't know all the houses look the same. That's amazing. It's so cool. Jenna is my biggest fan. I'm I try not to be embarrassed by it sometimes, but yeah, it's also <laughs> great to have someone in my corner like that. And yeah. that's that's actually a good point. Is like that, Jen. You moved like a year before I did, and I moved to a different place from the pandemic. And like I think that experience, like moving to a whole new town, and then the whole world just like shuts <laughs> down like afterwards. Like that both. I like in that game for sure. Like the resonance of that, I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah." Just give me a way to like examine some of this, but in like a fun way, yeah, like in like a goofy fun way. Like, am I in outer space? Maybe. So, um, so you guys obviously uh, knew each other prior to, I guess, moving away. Yeah, we're both from Omaha, Nebraska, and then we like split off into other ways. We were doing, we met each other doing experimental theater in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. So real weirdo art hours. <laughs> yeah, AO moved away first to Portland, and then I moved to Denver uh, like a year later. Yeah. Um, but yes, we met like making weird immersive art and these like really strange In Omaha, Nebraska. Uh -huh. And honestly, okay. I think a lot of places like that, like a lot of cities, like kind of mid-sized cities are just big enough that you can kind of like do the wacky thing that's like scratching at the back of your brain. Um, but just small enough that like all the creative people have like a lot of like stuff they need to work out. Um, and yeah, that. We like yeah. build a room full of balloons up to our waist and made people sit in it and listen to like a spooky soundtrack. Okay, I'm in. I mean, like, I would do that. Stuff. Yeah, that yeah. sounds tight. That sounds great. <laughs> it's really think, hard to find that in bigger cities because they're like deeper and like probably a lot more of them. I bet in like a small place like Omaha, how is I is I assume Omaha, Nebraska is not super populated. It's not like. It's under LA a million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 600,000 last I checked. Oh, yeah. the, the cosmopolitanness of it, 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 I think, depends on whether you're talking to somebody who, like, has lived there and moved or whether you're talking to, like, the Visitors Bureau. But... <laughs> <laughs> the energy I remember is that, like, there's enough creative, cool people there that you can get together and do cool stuff that no one will go to. Uh <laughs> And I was like, all right, after this, I'm doing things that I can ship to people. I'm doing things that I can put online and find weirdos <laughs> elsewhere. Like, don't have enough weirdos here. <clears throat> um, yes, Nick Cup is definitely weirdo validation. That's another thing. <laughs> so after you guys moved, you started the shop. But uh, what you were saying, Jen, were you not a big um, TTRPGer prior to the formation of the shop and journaling games nope. and pandemics and stuff? Not at 
all not really um i played one shadow run campaign with my roommates in Oof. 2005 when i lived in st louis um and it was wonderful it actually was wonderful it was just like a lot um yeah <laughs> i had a great time um i did have a lot of fun our gm was fabulous and I think that's like to everyone's credit, like I did have a wonderful time, but it was, it was just a lot. Um, and I just didn't really like connect with it uh, the same way that I think like, like all of this has. Um, and also, yeah, I think, I think a lot more people than we think are right running parallel to a lot of stuff that indie TTRPGs are doing without realizing it. A lot of like creative writing, kind of based stuff, um, journaling games. I tell people all the time that journaling games remind me of like the exercise that your goofball, like English professor would make you do. Just be like, where did you come up with this? Like today you're going to imagine, you know, like being in space. And then you're, you're gonna tell me like what the planets look like that you find while you're in space. Uh, you're gonna write all, all class and then at the end of class, you know, we'll grade, we'll grade each other. And that's the kind of vibe that I think like a lot of people would be into if they knew that it existed. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's so, the thing that I always go on Reddit and like uh, someone will be like, oh, this was an interesting uh, zine, but not really a game, more of a creative writing exercise. And like immediately I might have to stop myself from writing the big reply about how that's good, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, games are games, and I love uh, the solo explosion in the pandemic was fantastic, and I have a ton of solo journaling games. Like, obviously, Wretched and Alone blew up, which I think really helped push the the yeah. solo gaming through the pandemic, and then, like, the million variations of that, which are still fantastic. I've always been more of, like, a solo adventure gamer. Like, I really love 12 Years, Marching Order, which we did last week, was fantastic, but... um the solar journaling i think i'm i'm less of a, a writer like than than an adventurer i think so it's interesting to hear a lot of people talking about specifically solar journaling and how they can kind of like run with that um but talking about solar journaling games we touched on this, this is a second ago with tarot and with um uao writing games we do have welcome to the habit trails right here um so why don't we tell me a little bit about Welcome to the Hab Trails? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned uh, Wretched and Alone, and that was definitely some of the first like solo, like completely solo driven games of four that I played. I think I played, I think Clever Girl actually by Matthew Gravelin was the okay. first yeah, yeah. one I the played. Park one. And like, I'm, I'm definitely, I have a background in writing. So like, I tend to be like the dude that writes a freaking novel with their, their journaling game, as opposed to just like the little bullet points. I think a lot of people do. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I got really inspired by Rachel Alone. I think I, I read a lot of them. I played a couple uh, and I saw, you know, the, those games are built around like being doomed. You know, that, that like, the whole idea is that like in every premise is like there's a way to win hypothetically, but statistically, like you can't. And like that's the yeah, like real life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, some other people were, were writing, writing about why there's an explosion of wrench alone games. And it's because like it's this very uh, predictable structure that it's easy to write to. You know, you, you can like, you have an outline basically going into it, you don't have to worry about balancing because it's not really about stats or anything like that. Um, so I kind of like was working on the idea of uh, 
making a system that was wretched alone, but even stripped down further and making it like as as statless and like fluid both to play and then also to write. Because I really want, I'm working on making this an SRD and I want to make it so that it is targeted at people who have not written games before. Um, so you can just like pick it up and, you know, write down some ideas and like knock out a game. That That's my hope. Um, and, and I, you know, cool. kind of test that with myself and like the, the theme that came up um, I don't even remember where it started, but like this was in like the thick of like, you know, whatever lockdowns we had here in the US. So it was just like, I guess I've I've always had this idea about what it'd be like to be in like a human zoo. Like if like <laughs> aliens put you in a zoo, like what is that like? What's that like for like the gorilla in the zoo, et cetera? And like, I just started realizing how much my life like felt like that at that point. Like, um, like I think something that happened to me a lot in the pandemics, I'd find myself like going to the coffee cart so I like saw a person, you know, <laughs> uh, and just kind of like realizing that that was like a, it put me in a strange, strange place. And I just was like writing little <laughs> prompts based on that sort of like, um, am I going? Oh yeah, uh, you woke up and you're like, I need to do my like morning coffee loop so I can see my person. Yes, yes, exactly. So that like my brain will see a human face and then the parts of my brain that need to see a human face will do that. And then like, I can go back to the other very not normal parts of my life. I was that person. You walk your dog on a little loop. You go to like the fancy dog store and you see the person and then you buy a dog biscuit and you go home and you go back to working from home. Yeah, I I was, I've worked night shift for 10 years. So as, um, how do I say this without sounding completely like a psychopath? I was relatively unaffected socially by the pandemic because I already don't see people and spend the majority of my life by myself and I enjoy it. I got to a point where I was like, man, if I could go the rest of my life with people staying six the fuck feet away from me at the grocery store, I would be so happy. Um, so it was a little different. I don't think I had that same sense of like shut downness and doom that a lot of people had from the pandemic. Um, uh, but I also feel one thing you said about the wretched and alone system and like why it blew up so much. I'm curious if there's this feeling of like late millennial, like doom nostalgia from everything from 2001 to 2008 and us just going, fuck, this is happening again. And you know coming out with all of these games and stuff. Oh yeah, kind of squaring yeah, I mean, with like, oh, this is just the way it is. This isn't like a one event. This is just like how it is. That's true. Is I don't want to be like that, like the retro, that the doom part of it isn't like part of what made retro like a big success. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I don't, yeah, I guess like something I did want to do in the game is like, I don't think like the isolation of the pandemic was all bad. I agree that like a lot of people had a second to reevaluate like yourself on a very fundamental level. You know, you, you don't talk to a lot of people for a week, two weeks, three weeks, and suddenly like, you're like, wow, things I thought were, you know, core to my being are actually not, and are actually like choices I make about how I interact with people. So like, I kind of wanted to build that into the game too, about like, if you, if you had a completely blank slate, if you were just completely disconnected from your previous life and there was no going back, who are you after that, you know? I think yeah. that's what resonated with me was that like Zen nihilism of it. Like you're free, like, congratulations. Like you can be someone new if you want to be. And I was like, I can't. 
Yeah, or, or you will be someone new. You yeah, know, like you are someone like you new now. Can you, you are someone <laughs> new now, you know? Um, but yeah, and I think I think taking tarot, like I, I've always sort of had a fascination with tarot, but never really understood it very well. And like for this project, tarot was exciting. First of all, because it's like this big spread of prompts. There's like 78 prompts as opposed to like 54. So it's just like a lot of little hooks to write on. And then they each have like their own little meaning that I can use as kind of like a starter for like writing that prompt. Um, so like it was, it was a lot of learning about tarot for me too. Um, but it also like it has this contemplative feel that like, you know, giving yourself a tarot reading is sort of like a semi-meditative experience about asking yourself questions. Um, and it a bonus, it just has this kind of like kind of spooky vibe to it just because. Yeah, of, you know, it does have a very cool vibe to it. Yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys actually, um, when we started talking about getting together and doing something like that, I got this wonderful package that was oh, yeah. mostly mostly straight from um, from these guys. <laughs> I did get Welcome to the Habit Trails. Nope, that's for me. Um, some wonderful <laughs> things. And you guys sent me a tarot deck to add the collection, the classic Rider Weight, which is fantastic. Um, and we talked about this before, the diversity on your shop between the the games, the ephemera, everything. And I know that was a focus and you said that to make it more boutique, what made you want to put like, for example, like the toys and figures with like the tiny hands and stuff? Like <laughs> what was there kind of like a thought to just like, these are cool, let's do it. Or is a lot of that like more very specifically curated to, to kind of lead into like a, a specific vibe you guys want to have? I'll let you start that, Jen. Little column A, little column B. Yes, they are curated to a vibe, but really, you know, um, something that was really magical of the place I used to work, which is closed now, unfortunately. Um, it had been in Omaha for 58 years uh, before the owner retired at the age of 92, uh, just before the pandemic hit, weirdly. So the shop closed after 58 years in January of 2020, which is extremely good timing because i can't imagine no kidding yeah these little gift shops are not the kind of places that are set up to weather something like the pandemic um but she chose to close in january of 2020 and uh yeah one of my favorite things about working at that place is that we had a little bit of everything we had like a kitchen section we had greeting cards we had fancy vases and original art and things for like your office desk um and seasonal stuff and it was a great place to sort of help people put together unexpected gifts um, for the people that they love and the people that they care about, whether that's like somebody's teacher or you're like going to a wedding, you really want to like show up and like bring the cool thing. Um, a lot of people who went to that shop for a long time through their lives um, like to say that they like have things from there that they have kept forever because they're so cool and they like mean so much to them. Um, and yes, like capitalism is terrible. Totally agree. Um, but objects can be cool and little knickknacks, cool. you know, <laughs> yeah. like, that stuff can mean something that stuff like stays with you. That stuff like gets in your heart. Um, and I'm I trying to get a meditating yeah. mushroom, you know, like medita like seeing a meditating mushroom is an experience. Yeah. Seeing a finger hand is an experience that you get. Like, do you need a tiny finger puppet that looks like your own hands? Probably not. But like, what if you had one? Yeah, I, I like think. A couple? 
Jen and I definitely like connected and like started the store over like just a love of like finding and collecting like weird, delightful stuff. Yeah, think, like, like a delightful is like a word maybe. That's a really, really great way to describe it because it is like weird and delightful. Like I love the itty bitty uh, tardigrades. And like, <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, oh, I kind of like, I kind of like get, or like the 24 pack of the random, uh, it's like the black and red looking just like little adventure figures. I'm like, yeah. damn, I kind of want, like, I have a whole desk. Like, I could just Yeah, put, those like, little, like, 70s fantasy guys. Yeah, like, totally. I love those and, guys. Like, boots. They, uh, yeah, they I think, like, they look like a musical, like, if, like, uh, the producers of Hair made, like, a Dungeons and Dragons musical. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, there's one that's, like, fully not wearing pants, but wearing, like, thigh-high boots. That one's my favorite. That's the best look I could ever imagine. <laughs> Yeah. So it is a classic one. It's true. I'll say one like, of what? my favorite. Oh, sorry, real quick. I would say if we're talking about our favorite things from the shop, one of mine has to be because I've bought only like a million of them. The Frazetta <laughs> yeah, yeah. art trading so cards. So validating. Yeah. Those are AO's favorite thing. Yeah. I got are a those, couple. Sorry, are those um, the trading cards. The yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. dude, those things are fucking look cool, man. They're so cool. They're um, so cool. So these are all open. I just like keep them sealed so that they and I also in the package I got from from Nava Cups, they put a couple other ones that might end up in, in the box that I send to you every six month hunter. Yeah. So yeah. um everyone gets a trading card in their package. And like I don't I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but like I definitely like spend more time than I should like looking at someone's order and be like, what vibe is this? And then like going through like, our giant library of like trading cards and be like, I think this is this is the right one. So like, just know if you get a package, like I I thought about that for me. Oh, yeah, hell I yeah. Only, I, only, I only have 15 packs so far. So <laughs> there, I, there's, there's still some that I haven't got out of the hundreds. So I'll have to just keep going with the next order. Yeah, the trading cards are definitely like my uh, windmill that uh, we're tilting at. Um, I just, I wish that people still made products like that. Like, I think uh, it's just great to have just little pieces of a cardboard that are also like a painting that someone sweated over for like yeah, three painting, years or like a full-on painting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why I, I collected Magic the Gathering cards for so long is because the art's so good. You know, yeah, I, only, I, I barely play at all. But so, um, you know, Navy Cups, like, Great, cool store. Like, where do you guys see it kind of going in the future? Do you guys have any plans that you like would like to hint toward to talk about? I like direction for the store to grow. Uh, well, it's it's constantly changing is the problem. Um, <laughs> As an online business, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, we're we're definitely working on this micro publishing stuff. For like, we talked about Welcome to Habit Trails, which is a game that I made, and we published through that. Um, we also, before that, we did Together uh, Among the Stars, which is not a game I wrote. That's by uh, Takuma Okada. Yeah, yeah, you got the the special the special edition, the deluxe version. Uh, we did a Resograph printed version of that. Um, and we're going to be doing more of those. We actually have a solo game uh, that we're working on for that right now uh, that I, I don't know if we should announce yet, so I'm not going to say the title right now, um, but we will be announcing there. soon. We're doing another real... Uh, Resograph illustrated one um, and we've got at least another game that we're hoping to help someone publish in the future so we want to do more of that where we're taking games that have already been uh, written and published digitally uh, but maybe for whatever reason didn't quite make sense for the creator to make a physical version of and helping them make like a physical version with really nice vibes uh, you know, because we think th I think there's a lot of games right now that are PDF only that would have broader appeal, um, but newcomers are not going to buy PDFs. Uh, 
Uh, and and if you make like just a you know nice looking uh, object piece of paper, yeah, yeah. They're, they're much more willing to to pick it up, you know. Um, so so we're doing more of that. Uh, and we also have the we've expanded into the tarot decks, and we're trying to. Uh, there's a lot of tarot-driven uh, TTRPGs already, and what we're really hoping to do is a uh, kind of introduce TTRPG people to all of the wonderful independent tarot decks there are, uh, because there's lots of you know energy in that space, and there's lots of great artists doing incredible work for tarot decks. And then also we really hope to bring some people who are just into tarot decks for doing divination uh, and show them kind of uh, what there is in terms of solo games or, uh, you know, tarot-based games. They're not quite the, you know, uh, not a 5e expansion that uses a tarot deck kind of thing, you know? Right. <laughs> but, but yeah i think that's that's like the two prongs we're focused on right now is that like micro publishing and like trying to like thread together uh tarot reading and ttrpgs a little bit more very cool yeah, i'm, I'm really looking forward to that like a curious question you know like we wanted to know if other people would be into the kind of like vibe that we were going to put out there and yeah so far so good good yeah. Yeah. i mean i think tarot really feeds into like um I mean, a lot of TTR, we're just weird. You know what I mean? Like, we like the weird kind of niche stuff, like tarot. I remember um, being a kid um, in, like, Texas slash Pennsylvania and asking my parents, hey, like, can I get a tarot deck? I think they're cool. And having to have a conversation with our pastor. Um, <laughs> and being told no. About the devil. <laughs> yeah. Letting yeah. the devil into your house. So, of course, then I got obsessed with it when I was old enough to have my own money. I bought, like, 80 fucking tarot decks. Um, but, um, but it's cool. Like, it's interesting, you know, whether whether you, um, whether you're, um, sorry, real quick, we just got raided by DM Jeremy. Thank you so much for the raid coming in. We're uh, here talking with hey, Nave um, but they're just neat. They're cool. Like whether you, whether you're into it or not, whether you believe in it or not, the art is gorgeous. Like the, the vibe is gorgeous. You can do so much stuff with it. And I'm so happy to see them expanding into like gaming because yeah. just the prompts and even tarot, are you guys, um, also into like Oracle decks as well? Or is it specifically tarot because we don't of the, really the... have a lot right now. We have like one that's specifically made for a game and I would love to get more multi-purpose ones and things like that. Uh, especially ones that we could, you know, again, because we're so much into solo role-playing and like a lot of, a lot of solo role-playing is using oracles to attach to non-solo games, et cetera. So we'd like to have more options like that. I don't know. I, I took off too much there, but yes, we want more oracle decks. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sorry. Just saying hi to the Raiders again. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, there was one thing that I did want to ask that I wrote on a post note that I think I threw away. Well, we talked about this a little bit before and without digging as deep as we did prior. Twitter. Twitter's a thing right now so far for a little bit, for another day or two. Um, uh, and you guys do a lot of business on Twitter. One of the kind of like questions you put out there that I wrote down so that I could ask you later was, do you really do all of your business through Twitter DMs? Um, and how has Twitter kind of affected your business and how is the loss of Twitter gonna kind of affect your business, do you think? Yeah, you want me to start here, Jen? Um, I mean, we're sad. We're sad. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're operating on the premise that Twitter is going to disappear in the near future. 
Uh, it is our biggest platform in terms of audience. Like we have mailing lists, we have other platforms, but like we get the most engagement on Twitter and people seem to like us the most on there. Uh, and yeah, like we conducted a lot of business ourselves through Twitter DMs, which we have now <laughs> moved over to other messaging yeah. platforms as Literally like, all of Knave of Cups. yeah, what, what is Knave of Cups? Like the soul of Knave of Cups has occurred over the last year in one long unsearchable mind you Twitter DM. <laughs> yeah. Until like this morning, we moved over to Discord, right? It was today. Yeah, yeah it was like freaking today. Oh, uh, welcome. Welcome yeah. to the dark side. Which is searchable. Hey, it's like it's searchable first. though. It yeah. is searchable. Yeah. It's, it's definitely better. We should have done it sooner, but like we're just used to the platform. It's like where we were spending our time. But yeah, I mean, like we're in the next week or so, we're going to try more of like a full court press to be like, hey, uh, this is going. So you're in a variety of other places. I don't... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's very funny because like we have an official email. We do lots of business through email, but we've also found that like pretty much every TTRPG person doesn't answer their email. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. We have to go chase them down on some other platform and DM them. Uh, I completely yeah, believe that. I, that's I, the <laughs> one thing that I learned is that like apparently everybody would just prefer to do business through like DMs of varying types and that's fine, but I'm secretly an old man at heart. And I'm like, emails, what that's for. Like, yeah, we're like a very unprofessional DIY community, though. And like, really, <laughs> you know, we log out, open up Gmail. I mean, we're gonna, it doesn't really make a lot of sense if you really think about it. I would like to like so yes. many just professional sounding, I, you know, like drafted emails. So like everything is just right. And I'm like, I got one hit from that. I get into DMs, I send like six, I get up, I go do something else, I come back and I'm like, oh, everyone wants to have a conversation with me. <laughs> Got it. Okay, no one uses email except me. Yeah, email is literally just to get all the tracking notifications for all the packages I buy on Amazon <laughs> and, and everything else. Like that's that's what that's what email is for. Um, and, you know, and Twitter just is is so much more conversational kind of like you know, yeah. at least in the DMs without the soapboxes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see all of the various communities shoot to their own sections. Like all the art people are going to go to Tumblr. A bunch of people are going to go to Mastodon. You know, politics Twitter is going to end up, I don't fucking know where, maybe back on their <laughs> own websites. Um, but uh, I'm really excited to see where you guys go with the shop. I mean, you know, we talked about this a little before. We we um, we saw you guys when you opened because I don't know if we've said this on stream this time. You guys have only been around for what about six months? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, since April. So yeah, six seven yep, months. We launched April first. Not it a joke. feels a lot longer. It does oh. feel a lot longer. I didn't realize wow. we've been doing this for a year, and I thought you guys. I genuinely in my head thought you guys started right after we started. So like I thought like time, you guys had been open it, for at least a year. Did anything? It was that made time real slippery. Yeah, like, that was the thing that really kind of like drove it home to me. Is like time isn't real. My perception of time is all goofy. But like everyone's perception of time is all goofy. So that's interesting. And yeah, like it does feel like it's been much much longer. But yeah, we launched about midway well, yeah. through. The there we go. Well, not only that, I mean, again, we're all in different time zones. And <laughs> right, then, yeah. and then for me, at least, like I said, I work night shift. Like I, when I wake up and when I go to bed are two different days all the time, halfway through my day becomes a different day. I never know what day it is. I just know if I have to go into work and if there's something on the schedule for the show and that's literally it. So time literally ceases to exist for me. Um, that's fascinating. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> do, do two years of night shift and tell me how you feel. Yeah, like untethered from like the rhythms 
of like the world sometimes or like that's oh, yeah. my question for oh, you yeah. I, guess. I definitely i definitely live in my own goblin time versus yeah, everybody else he definitely 100 percent. the worst thing ever is that i get off work at like 6 30 in the morning and nothing opens till eight and there's no fucking way i'm going back out of the house once i get home so no <laughs> errands get done not a single one i have so many packages to mail um but oh, um, no, that actually now that now that makes sense. The 24 hour grocery store near my house was probably 24 God, hours because my, my old house was right down the street from the hospital. I wish I wish yeah. I wish yeah. I had another 24 hour grocery store. That's Omaha, Nebraska. You could have had a 24 hour grocery. Hey, store. listen, sure. You know what? I'll just move Not to Omaha, it. Nebraska I'm for a 24 hour grocery store. No, I'll just go back to Vegas. Um, <laughs> But we're talking about the future of the shop. Um, I guess just talk about the shop a little bit. You guys are at naveofcups.com, right? And then on yep. Twitter, you're at nave. I mean, if you just search nave of cups, we're going to find you guys. Since we just talked about this kind of like diversification from Twitter, where else do you guys have like new socials? Are you going to have a Discord yeah. channel? Uh, since you guys we don't just have a Discord, Discord right now because we're not sure if we want to have like a public facing one. That's a lot of, I, I don't know if we have the ability to moderate that effectively. And I wouldn't want mm. it to, you know, uh, get out of control without us being able to watch it. Um, we have a TikTok that we don't use well, but we're going to get better at. Uh, we have an Instagram um, that mostly is just like we have like a, a scheduled feed, but if like you hit us up on there, we are paying it's attention. Me. I yes, I will. Yeah, do that. it's a good way to see all of our new products because that's the same thing as we post on Twitter, where like every so often we'll just highlight new products that are on there. If you want to just kind of see the stuff we have and just like kind of get a drip feed of all that, that's a great place too. Um, and yeah, the, but the best way to uh, find us is to go to naveofcups.com. All of our socials are in the footer there. Um, and you can also sign up for our mailing list. Um, if you if you order from the shop, you also probably have signed up for the mailing list. There's a little click box that you can opt, uh, opt in there. We don't um, email we do, often. I try to make them fun to read. So. Yeah, we only do about like two emails a month right now. That might pick up if we start having to do more blogs and things like that with Twitter dying. But we really don't want to, we don't want to dump into people's emails that you don't want to read it. You know, we want it to be a special, exciting email where you get to see all the paper paper delicious stuff that we've we've collected for you this month all of our secrets yeah exactly. secrets that everyone can know yeah so someone else said that nave of cups is a secret that everyone can know and like we're like yes that's that is, that is honestly thing. like that one got me i was like that's incredible. that's a good one that's a great tagline throw it throw it on there that's fantastic yeah. I, I mean it does feel like you guys again you know we I, i've 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 got some stuff from your shop it's been really great i was super happy when you reached out um it's been fantastic talking to you guys and getting to know you guys hopefully you know if things keep developing in the future and maybe once twitter dies and does stuff um or you know another game is coming out you guys can hop back on and we can we can chat some more about nave of cups and what happens as we go forward from here yeah i want to if i could throw out one last thing is that like Please. we are always looking yeah. for you know content creators or people have like weird ideas to collaborate with us if you if you have like a weird like odd shaped out of the box ttrpg idea like we have a okay. contact form on our website and like the worst we could do is say we don't have time for that right now you know um but we always want to hear those weird pitches you know yep you never know nice. Might as well yeah i mean that's how you get stuff done absolutely so I mean, especially not on Twitter DMs anymore, but it all happened somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I tried all to right. send AO a message and it failed three times. And then when it finally sent, it came up in the wrong order. Yeah. Th then we're, we're getting there. It's cool. Yeah, sounds, like the, down. sounds like the state of the world we're in right now. So, um, so again, seriously, 
you guys have been wonderful to talk to. We super appreciate it. Thank you so much so for much. coming on the show. Um, at, at some point, we do want to do like a solo game, like something like we want to start playing them. But like we we've been trying to do that for like six months now, but at least go through a lot of games. And I'm really excited to to dig through. Um, Welcome to the Habit Trails when we do that. Um, it was super awesome. And um, to to read through, it's very exciting, especially compared to some of the other solo journal games we've talked about. So yeah. I can't wait to get to that. Um we now are actually going to hop into um, a supplement special where we're going to dig through some supplements to some of our favorite games. Um, so if you're here in chat, stick around for that. Um, and uh, and yeah. So again, you guys are, are fantastic. Thank you much, so much for being here. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for coming.